It's a tragic situation, really, and it is entirely predictable. As you say, girls no longer are allowed primary education, secondary education, university education. And now, just before Christmas, they announced a ban on all women uh, working with NGOs. And that includes kind of the big international NGOs. But also, it includes about 150 indigenous local Afghan NGOs as well. And the situation is that, you know, more than a third, possibly up to 40% of all the staff of all NGOs in Afghanistan um, were and, uh, and still are women. And essentially what that means is that many of the programs that are absolutely critical to the welfare of women and children um, in particular are um, compromised and can't be delivered now because the situation with women in Afghanistan is there is a complete split uh, between men and women in the public space. Women can only treat women in health centres most vaccinations for all children, boys and girls, were delivered by women, and that is now completely compromised. It's really critical that women are able to work in NGOs so that they can go into communities, go into homes, sit and talk with women and girls, find out what their problems are. So all of that is now gone. And um, in the, the latest UN report on the status of women worldwide, Afghanistan is absolutely at the bottom of the list in terms of freedoms for women, the health of women, the education of women, the welfare of women. So it just seems to get worse and worse. Um, Yeah, it seems like a very dangerous situation and there are millions upon millions who are going to need humanitarian assistance this year. Eamon, what is the level of danger, do you feel, if the Taliban don't allow women aid workers to help? I mean, it would seem as if 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 they're going to be persistent and stubborn in that regard that lives will be lost? Oh, lives will be lost. I mean, since the Taliban took over, I mean, even before the Taliban took over last year, um, Afghanistan was in a humanitarian crisis. There were about 40 million people in the country and about half of them, about 20 million people, either can't uh, get access to food or can't afford food. Um, because so many people are now unemployed. So children are dying in Afghanistan from hunger and from preventable diseases. Thousands of children uh, last year. And it's going to get worse. Like Women are absolutely central to delivering humanitarian assistance. And if the Taliban continue with this decision, um, it is only going to mean more deaths, more hardship, Uh, and more misery, and particularly for women and girls. And when you think that already girls are not allowed to go to any school at any level, you know, if this persists, you're going to have a whole generation of Afghan girls who are illiterate. I mean, when you think of what the world has achieved in terms of primary education and literacy for girls over the past 20 or 30 years, this is medieval. It is like literally going back hundreds of years in history. Um, And you know, women are banned from public spaces. They're banned from parks. Uh, they can't travel the country. And this is critical for NGOs. They can't get into vehicles with their NGO colleagues and travel from one part of the country to another to deliver humanitarian aid or vaccinate children without 
the presence of a close male relative. I just wonder, Eamon, with, and I mentioned that uh, Ms. Mohammed and Asima Bahaus have recently been in Afghanistan engaging with Taliban leaders, and I wonder if painting a worst-case scenario, or indeed, from what we're saying, the likely scenario, if they continue down this path, might convince them to see the error of their ways uh, from the discussions they've had I mean Mohammed yeah. and Seema Bahaus have suggested that some of the Taliban leaders refuse to even look them in the eye when they're talking to them because they're women but they have yeah. said that some of them clearly recognise that they can't persist in this let's call it stubbornness that they may be more yeah. amenable to allowing female aid workers to help is that the, the picture that the UN have to paint that if you continue down this path this millions will die yeah I mean I think it is. I think you have to paint a worst case scenario. But the reality is the Taliban are uh, a a unique group of people. I mean, it's not homogenous within the Taliban. There are people who hold a somewhat different view, but the extremists are in control. And the reality is they do not reverse decisions. What you can do is you can engage with them, you can keep talking, and they may, in a sense, Uh, moderate their perspective. But this decision, this, um, you know, this statement from the Taliban that women cannot work for NGOs will continue to be in force. They may row it back, and I think they already have begun to row it back. So they're saying, well, women health workers, you know, if you're a doctor or a nurse, well, you can go to work and you can work in in a health facility. And some of the international NGOs who in December had said that they were ceasing all of their programs there, have begun to uh, go back to work, uh, even without their female staff. Many of them continue to pay their female staff, and that's another aspect of this. You know, quite often these women are the breadwinners in the families, and if they're unemployed, well, then that's just more poverty. But the only way to deal with this is, over time, to chip away at the resolve of the Taliban and encourage them. But they absolutely have... There is no indication at all that the Taliban reverse positions. There is no indication that they will come out and basically say, well, all women who are working for NGOs can now go back to work. That is not going to happen, unfortunately. Mm, And it's the same with education. You know, they said last year that, okay, once we've sorted out issues around school transport and uniforms, girls can go back to school. Absolutely nothing has happened. So I, I see this just persisting like this. I see it getting worse. And unfortunately, the tragedy is that ordinary Afghan people are going to continue to suffer under what is essentially a quite brutal regime. And and just to finish, Eamon, do you feel that this is all going on under, unfortunately it has to be said, a less intense spotlight than was focused upon Afghanistan in, say, August of 2021 uh, when it was very much in the headlines but then six, seven months later uh, we have Russia in Ukraine and that has been the world's focus from there on in, do you feel the interest in what's happening in Afghanistan has waned since events in Ukraine? Yeah. And I guess is, it, mean, is that just natural? It happens with every crisis. And, exactly, then, yeah. and then the yeah. offers to help reduce because there's a focus elsewhere. Yeah, I suppose that is true in terms of the public. And, you know, we our capacity to, to, to manage information around all of these things. You know, we could say the same around Ethiopia, for instance, and other parts of Africa is limited, but at the same time, within international organizations like the UN and like the European Union, um, there is a continuous and an intense focus on Afghanistan, and there are thousands of people 
working on behalf of Afghans and trying to do their best to ensure that there is humanitarian money going in, that there is humanitarian assistance like food going in, and they continue to engage with the Taliban and try to bring about a situation where they are, I suppose, they adopt more reasonable policies. So while I think the public um, uh, focus on Afghanistan has probably diminished, I think, you know, that, that would not be true of, let's say, international civil servants and humanitarian workers who continue to work on behalf of the people of Afghanistan.